Hey guys, what's going on? G-Man here. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of the Bullpen Card, presented by Thunderblogsports.com, our 99th episode on the Bullpen Card podcast feed. That's right, 99 episodes. I can't believe it. Just me, though, talking baseball, the newest week of the Major League Baseball season, the first week in September call-ups, all that good stuff, but we go through, or really I go through, all of our usual business, hot and cold players, top players of the week, little Phillies talk as I try to walk myself off the ledge of a terrible week the Phillies had, a stadium snack and a quite literal bleacher creature. It was a ton of fun to record. I hope you guys enjoy it. Let me know what you think in the comments. Make sure that you subscribe. We are doing our 100th episode on the podcast feed, Maddie D and I previewing this week in football, we're recording it Wednesday night, so make sure that you send us your questions on Twitter, ThunderBLG, in the comments on ThunderBlogSports.com, or shoot us a DM on Instagram. ThunderBlogSports is the username there. Make sure to leave us a nice five-star review, but enjoy this week's episode, guys. Here we go. Welcome to this episode of the Bullpen Cart, presented by Thunderblogsports.com. I, of course, am the G-Man, Jordy Cannell. Just by myself this week, a solo pod. Greg and I had meant to get together Monday night, but we were both feeling it a little bit from Labor Day weekend, myself especially, so I'm recording this here Tuesday night. He had a little bit of work to do. I'm busy Wednesday. Maddie D and I are recording a fun V tailgate for week one of the NFL and week two of college. And then Thursday is the NFL opener with the Eagles. So Maddie D and I are going to be down at the link. So solo pod Tuesday night. Hope you guys enjoy. It's going to be some fun. There's a lot to talk about. The National League is all over the place. The American League, a lot of the same that we've seen from the last couple weeks where Starting to see that solidify a little bit. There's a possibility the Red Sox could clinch a spot if they keep winning this week. So we'll, you know, we're going to run through it all and go through our usual business. I hope you guys enjoy it. But let's jump right into it. Hot teams, and we'll start in the American League. As much love as I'd love to give a team like the Tampa Bay Rays, who are continuing to be on an absolute tear, or even the Kansas City Royals, who we've kind of used as a punching bag. They've won eight of their last ten. I'm going to give it to the Houston Astros, winners of seven of their last ten. They took two or three from that Oakland series that we talked about in length last week and then split over the weekend with the Angels. They won yesterday against the Twins, and they're winning right now. Uh, It's about the eighth inning at about 11 o'clock Eastern time on Tuesday. So it looks like they're going to continue to climb up through the ranks and really get themselves back into a position where they can try to to extend their lead on the Oakland Athletics, who they, they themselves aren't going away. They're winners of six of their last ten, but the Astros, you know, had a little bit of a scare. Oakland had touched touched up on onto the division lead. But we uh you know we're we're seeing those Astros ever so resilient. Jose Altuve coming back and that that team is uh but they might get hot at the right time, and that could be spelling a lot of trouble for pretty much the rest of the league. So 
We'll see what they do going forward. Obviously, they're playing the Twins right now. I mentioned that before. Oakland's playing the Yankees, so we're starting to get some some cross-cutting between them. Potential wild card showdown, and it's in Oakland, which it'll probably be in New York if it is Oakland and the Yankees. Really, the Yankees at this point are at a point where they're starting to solidify that they'll at least be wild card number one. Both the Astros and the A's would have to go on a bit more of a tear, and the Yankees would have to cool down a bit in order to flip-flop that at all and have the Yankees go out to Oakland or, God forbid, even to Houston. Uh, not that I that I don't want the Athletics to do well. It's just at this point, Houston seems like they're, they're starting to heat up, and I don't want to count out the Seattle Mariners. Uh, they seem like they're starting to, to fade just a bit. And for that, I, I am going to give them a cold team of the week honor. Again, I probably could have gone with a couple other teams. The other punching bag in the American League that we always like to utilize are the Baltimore Orioles, who've lost four straight, lost seven of their last ten. But the Mariners, five and five, they lost two or three over the weekend to the A's. Or actually, they split a series. Uh, but they lost in San Diego, and, and quite convincingly, after taking two or three from the Diamondbacks in Arizona a week ago. You know, they've gotten close. They're playing the Orioles this week and right now. And, I mean, if the the Mariners can go on a bit of a run, they might be able to make that last week exciting. But taking a look at their schedule, I mean, they're playing the Orioles. Then they play the Yankees, so they might be able to, to show something there. Then they play the Padres again. Then they have a tough road stretch towards the end of the season at L.A., at Houston, at Texas. Before the final week of the season, them hosting the A's and then hosting the Rangers to finish it out. So, I mean, both this that series against Oakland could be pivotal and, and force them to have a meaningful weekend against the Rangers up in Seattle. But they really need to do some work. They're you know, sitting right now five and a half back of Oakland for the second wild card and second place in the West and eight behind the Astros for eighth place in the West. But, I mean, it's a lot of the same stuff we've talked about before. Their pitching's been really spotty. Their offense, while decent at times, uh, started to, to falter just a bit. And, you know, it's going to be interesting to see where they go from here because whenever they seem to get their offense going, their pitching staff seems to fail them and, and vice versa. If their pitching staff has themselves a good game, then the offense doesn't show up. They saw that a little bit with San Diego and – you know, I, I'm not sure what they could do here. We'll see, though. Oakland, just to give you an idea of their schedule, obviously they're hosting the Yankees now, and they have that one last series against the, the Mariners in the last week. But they get to play the Rangers. They get to go to Baltimore, to Tampa. So that could be – that could spell a little bit of trouble. But then they host L.A., they host Minnesota, then at Seattle, second to last series, as I mentioned, and then at L.A. So – a road series for them, or a road stretch here in September, but they've been good. They've been a good road team. I'd expect them to continue to do well and at the very least clinch that second wild card spot before that series against Seattle. Maybe within that first game, it kind of depends on how it all goes um, with how both teams do. But you know, those are my two teams for the American League. Again, the Astros is the hot team and the, the Mariners is the cold team. Honorable mention, the Rays is a hot team, and the Orioles is a cold team. Uh, you know the, Some of the usual suspects in there. 
Red Sox slowly but surely are extending their lead on the Yankees. They've just won their second straight over the Atlanta Braves tonight. And the Yankees have lost two in a row. And, uh, you know, the Red Sox, like I mentioned, if I did the my calculations correct, uh, he, as of Tuesday night, their magic number for a postseason spot is six, meaning a combination between the Red Sox wins and whoever is the lat, is the the last place non-eliminated team's losses would count up. You know it, it, That needs to combine to six in the Red Sox clincher spot. So it's possible if they continue to win for the rest of the week that by the time Greg and I speak at the beginning of next week, the Red Sox could already be in the postseason. But we will see how that all goes. They obviously need, need to continue to do work, help the Phillies out, and get the sweep of the Atlanta Braves. Speaking of, let's move over to the National League Hot team of the week. I am going to go with the Los Angeles Dodgers, who have found themselves on a hot streak. The winners of eight of their last ten. And this couldn't be happening at a better time for the L.A. Dodgers. They took three of four over the weekend against the Diamondbacks. They swept a mini two-game series on the road in Texas. They're hosting the Mets right now. And while losing last night, they... You have an opportunity to still take a couple games out of that out of that series. So, you know, we will see what they end up doing. It was announced today on Tuesday afternoon that Yasiel Puig's appeal of his two-game suspension was upheld. So he has to serve that two-game suspension for the fight back in the middle of August with the Giants. Nevertheless, I mean, we've seen their offense go on a bit of an explosion, and their pitching has been outstanding. Surprisingly enough, that entire series against the Diamondbacks, the winning score happened to the winning offensive score, I should say, happened to be three, and, and their three wins were three to two. But they scored eight runs against the Rangers, three one previously, and then they smacked around the, the Padres at the beginning of last week. So, I mean, you're starting to see everything that we come to know. And if you love the Dodgers, great. If you hate the Dodgers, it's probably why. Stellar pitching and an outstanding offense. And, and again, they came off of a sweep two weeks ago against the St. Louis Cardinals at home. So they really needed to to turn it on. And that's what they've been doing. And it's been coming from some of their extra guys outside of it. Robbie Ray. Or, no, excuse me. That's one. Of, that's the winner of the. That's the Arizona winner of the game they lost. Um, but Kenta Maeda, Kenley Jansen coming out and the with a relief win. His actually his first win of the year. That's that's kind of crazy there. Um, you know some of these guys that really needed to step up. Alex Wood had a nice win for them earlier in the week, and we're going to start seeing more and more of their guys probably turn it up. You're going to see. You saw Rich Hill start tonight. You're going to see. Hyun Jin Ryu start tomorrow against the Mets in that series finale. And then over the weekend, they play the Colorado Rockies with Clayton Kershaw on the bump against John Gray of the Rockies. So we're, we'll see how they all do, and, and that should be really interesting to watch. But we'll, we'll come back to that. As the Rockies, they're also hanging right on in there as they currently hold first place in the division they won three straight. I didn't pick them as my hot team of the week just because they're 5-5, five and five, and the Dodgers' tear has brought them all the way back up to a half a game out. But my cold team of the week 
is not the Atlanta Braves that could do exactly what Greg has done the last couple weeks and talk about National League teams, National League East teams, now cold they've been. But I'm going to go with the Arizona Diamondbacks, who have lost four straight. I mentioned the three of four over the weekend to the Dodgers, but they're currently playing the Padres and lost yesterday six to two. They lost two or three from the Giants last week. They lost two or three from the Mariners a week, two weekends ago. And we're starting to see a lot of what we talked about before. Their offense coming cold a little bit. We mentioned the 3-2 scores. They only scored two runs yesterday against the Padres. And their pitching starting to fail them a little bit as their bats have gone cold. So what they really need to do, and they're currently winning 2 to nothing against the Padres. So we'll... We'll obviously see how that all goes, but Colorado's up 5-2 to two against San Francisco, so the Diamondbacks need to get their bats in order and really get onto an explosion and really get ahead of things. They want to continue to be in this conversation as we go down the stretch. Just taking a look at their schedule, because they're going to need to get to work. I mean, they play the Braves starting a four-game set. The Braves come out to... Arizona, So that's actually going to be pretty crucial because they can either make a dent against a playoff contending division leading team. Then they go to Colorado, the leaders of their division. Then they go to Houston. Then they host the Cubs and they host Colorado again. So, I mean, that is five straight series against division leaders coming up for them. So it's a really rough stretch and they're going to need to get their bats alive if they want to survive that. I mean, either... They're going to see themselves quickly patter off into the sunset, and you know we won't see them in October at all with how this is all going, or we see them come alive and fight back into it. A lot of what we saw of the Diamondbacks throughout the regular season, I mean, they still have a positive run differential of 79. They have 601 runs and only 522 runs against. So, you know, we could see them make something happen out of this, but... We need to get their offense back in order. Otherwise, the Diamondbacks might be heading home early. A couple other ones that I wanted to mention. Uh, the Cubs are 7-3, and three, as are the Brewers. They're playing a crucial series right now. There are a couple comments made about the Cubs-Brewers rivalry and whether or not it actually is one because of how many Cubs fans invade Milwaukee when they're out there. Uh, the Brewers have responded by winning uh, they won yesterday, and they're currently winning right now, nine to one in the eighth inning. So I mean, good on the Brewers. They're now only four games back from the Cubs, and they're certainly claiming their stake for a wild card spot. It looked like they might be falling out there a bit. We talked about that a couple weeks ago, but good for them that they're that they're hanging out here, and they're led by a number of guys that are just on a tear. Most notably is Christian Christian Yelich. So it looks like they're going to be a mainstay, but that wild card in the National League, you start with the Brewers at 78 and 61. It's a better record than the Braves, a better record than the Rockies, who are all division who are both division leaders. So similar to the Yankees having better records than the other two division leaders in the American League, but it's so much more jumbled. Then you get the Cardinals who are a game and a half back because of how hot they had been. They've they're currently cooling down a bit. They've lost three straight. They're 5-5 five and five in their last 10. So we'll see what happens with them. Then you go over to, to the Dodgers, the Diamondbacks, the Phillies. Then if you want to throw the Nationals in there, they're still hanging on by a small, small thread. 
They're sitting at 69 and 69 now, and while that's a you know pretty nice record, they're probably they it'd take a miracle for them to get through there. It'd be insane for Bryce Harper to do that, but and really the entire team. But I think at this point you're starting to see some of the the dust settle, but there's a lot more to be kicked up with two teams from almost every division hanging in there for that wild card. We're going to get to the Phillies in a minute and how they've been playing recently. A big buck stops here win tonight for them. But, you know, the way that the Diamondbacks have been playing, the way the Phillies have been playing, even the way the Cardinals have been playing, we could see in a week or two weeks, really in two weeks just because of how jumbled it is, we could see this wild or this playoff chase turn into what the American League has been, where for a couple weeks now we know there's one team been kind of hanging on, and all the other teams were you know 99% sure they're going to get in. It would take some sort of epic collapse, a la 2011 on steroids, for it to, not to happen. So if some of these teams don't get their shit together, I know I keep saying that with the Diamondbacks. I'm going to reiterate it with the Phillies when we get to them. The National League's jumbled wild card race or even some of their division races too could clear up like that and the division races would just be playing for buys at that point not even for your life in October but nonetheless let's move on hot players of the week uh for those that don't know and you're new to the podcast welcome we go through new players every single week we name them after uh, baseball movie characters. Pick one for the American League and National League. So for batters, it's the Roy Hobbs MVP of the week. And I mentioned him before. I'm going to start in the National League. Christian Yelich, a En Fuego player over the last week. 13 for 32, batting 406, on base percentage of 472. And with four homers, a double, a triple, and 16 ribbies, he has an OPS of over 13, 1347 to be exact. And, uh, you know, he's been absolutely on a tear in the entire month of August, really just killing the ball. But he's, I mean, what the Brewers have been able to do with what they have, and they have Lorenzo Cain, who's also who's also on a good tear. A lot of the guys that they added from this year have really been stepping up. Scooter Jeanette would have been a good one to pick, too. He's batting 500 on, on the week. Uh, seven ribbies, six runs scored himself. So a good one to pick there for my hot player of the American League. I'm going to go with Ian Kinsler, the Boston Red Sox acquisition at the end of July from the Angels. He batted 11 for 27, one for six or one homer and six ribbies on the week. Batting 407. I picked him there when I could have also picked Mookie Betts. Uh, Both guys are pretty good picks. I'm going with Kinsler just for, uh, you know, some some more hits. Uh, Mookie had two homers, so also not a bad pick there. He had more walks, so he actually had a better on-base percentage. Um, but really a good week for the Red Sox as well. Gliber Torres for the Yankees would be a good one to pick on that end with the Yankees really trying to solidify themselves in the wild card and trying to get that home game. As this point, it's, it's almost an insurmountable lead that the Red Sox have in the East as they've Brought it up to nine, and the Yankees are currently losing, albeit one nothing to the Oakland Athletics. But if that were to hold, it would be nine and a half wins or nine and a half games back of the Red Sox. So, really trying to get your 
get yourself into the home game of the wild card. At this point, has to be the New York Yankees' best bet. Moving over, Billy Chapel, Pitcher of the Week. This is the Starting Pitcher Award for the American League. I'm going to start there. I am going to go with Carlos Carrasco of the Cleveland Indians, a team that, because of how well they do, we say this you know every couple weeks. We we have to remember remind ourselves to give them credit and Carrasco. Is a guy that did that. He even had a loss this week. He had an ERA of 3.21 and two starts over 14 innings, but he had 20 strikeouts. And a guy that is in a rotation that includes Corey Kluber, it includes Trevor Bauer, even though he's hurt right now, but includes a lot of marquee names. Carrasco, albeit he's one of them, but for him to have himself a nice week and help out the, the Cleveland Indians, who... They're up 14 and a half in the division, and there's not a lot of time left. They're pretty, they're probably close. I don't have the exact magic number for them to clinch the division, but it's it's probably going to be sometime in the next week and a half, probably closer to a week and a half, I should say, unless the Twins and the White Sox really take a plunge towards the end of uh, this week. They would uh, it would take for the Indians to be able to clinch it, but. With how good the Indians have been, we got to remember to give them credit. And their offense is taking off. They had a nice win tonight with some of their players, but you got to give their pitching credit too. And if they get hot at the right time, they could make a deep postseason run, even if it looks like they would have to draw the Astros in the first round, because it's looking more and more like that's going to happen unless the Oakland Athletics turn it on and win the, the, or the AL West. But Moving over to the Ricky Vaughn bullpen guy of the week. For those that don't know, Greg will always point out that while while the podcast is called the bullpen cart, we rarely highlight bullpen guys. So we decided to give them a separate award because he'd just start doing that for his Billy Chapel award. So decided to switch them up so I could keep myself honest too and pick some, some bullpen guys. So, Starting off, I'm going to start off in the National League with a tandem. I'm going to go with Carlos Martinez and Jordan Hicks of the St. Louis Cardinals. The two guys combined for 6.1 innings in eight appearances, five holds. And while they let up a couple runs here and there, neither of them yielded a loss. So they had some... You know, some nice appearances for their respective teams, and that's a grand total of two earned runs, by the way. Both of them had uh, had decent numbers in terms of whip. Martinez's was sub one. Jordan Hicks's might be above, uh, might be 2.67, but he did have four strikeouts there in his three innings pitched. So definitely worth noting for him. Uh, another one to, to look at, Brad Siegler, who... Not the best week for him, but he did have two holds and three appearances, so give him some credit there. Going over to the American League, I am going to go with Yuri's Familia. Another good week for him since getting traded over to Oakland from the Mets. He did actually pick up a loss, but in five appearances, he picked up two holds and a win. So three of his three of his five appearances were helping his team to stay in that American League West chase. And really, you know, it's he's showing signs of still being dominant. He had eight strikeouts and 4.1 innings pitched. Granted, a whip of 1.38. 
that only earned run resulted in his loss. So that's how he gets the 2.08 earned run average. But again, just an awesome pickup. And speaking of trades, there was a number that came across the board at the end of last week, right at the end of August. And this has to be one of the most exciting August trade deadlines that we've seen in recent memory. Greg and I talked about it a lot last year. And as we got into the waiver period of how it was all going to work, and this year didn't disappoint. It was pretty cool to see all these different players on the move and teams just really trying to load up and keep these players eligible to be on their postseason rosters, which they have to be acquired by midnight on September 1st in order to do that. So a lot of teams saw Josh Donaldson get moved over. You saw a number of different teams make those moves. So important for them to do that and and a lot of fun to see. Moving over, though, Phillies talk. We gotta we gotta figure out what was going on with them. A pretty pretty terrible week for them last week. They lose two or three to the Nationals. A couple in just heartbreak fashion. They had the loss on Tuesday, or that was the infamous Vince Velasquez run from second base to get doubled up when they were down five to four. The previous inning a throwaway when they were down. 4-2, to two, made it 5-2, and the Phillies, you know, they scored a couple runs in that last inning, but they were not able to tie it up. If they don't make an error, they'll make two errors. That's the difference of the game. They win 4-3, and they get Eflin, just a great, great win. Or actually, it was Aaron Nola. Eflin was the night before. They get Aaron Nola a great win, and... I don't know. I don't know what, what to think. They get a nice win against the Nationals, but they let up six runs. Eight to six was your final score there. And then on Friday, a fantastic 2-1 grind-out win in extra innings over the Cubs. We were there for Bark in the Park, which I'll talk about in a little bit, which was a ton of fun. Then the rest of the weekend, I mean, 7-1 against the Cubs. It was not fun there. There's a little a there's some controversy with Austin Davis and using a cheat sheet to see how to pitch to certain players. And it was a foreign substance, so it got taken away from him but he was supposed to be thrown out and all this nonsense then they just looked terrible on Sunday against the Cubs and even worse on Monday on Monday against the Marlins a great win tonight where they needed to come out strong they got four in, they got four runs in the first inning made it and then after JT Realmuto got a home run for him they made it the for the Marlins in the bottom of the inning the Phillies made it 5-1 Carried that momentum to ultimately win 9-4. to We'll see what happens in the rubber match tomorrow night. I mean, what the Phillies, the Phillies just need to keep this up. Or what, when by this, I mean the hot bat that we saw tonight. And they really need to do this. They go to New York this weekend. City Field has not been a place where they have played particularly well this season. They have Zach Effla, Aaron Nola, and Vince Velasquez on the bump for them. So we'll, I mean, really, at this point, you got to keep your fingers crossed on how the Phillies do going forward. Because if they can win tomorrow, it's Nick Pavetta versus Sandy Alcantara. I might be screwing up his name. But they can win that rubber match. They move to 74 and 65. At this point, being... Now three games behind the the Braves and three games out of a wild card spot or the uh, the second wild card spot I should say 
you need a the bats to get more consistent. You can't have them going ice cold like they did over the weekend, and you need to pick up the pitching because you saw on Sunday Aaron Nola had a rare loss at home and a great outing from John Lester for the Cubs, but Zach Eflin had some had his share of troubles and he's now lost a number of starts in a row. And you know it's it's tough to say what they can do from here to to pick themselves up. Vince Velasquez had himself a little bit of a roughing up, but the bats could have easily helped him out against this Miami team on Monday where you lose 3-1 in a place. Again, their road record, it's just been so frustrating to watch for them. They've blown a bunch of leads. The bullpen has been has been shakier and shakier coming into September. So if if that can get fixed and the and they can pick up the bats, because it's one thing or the other at this point, but really that road record is abysmal. They are 30 and 39 away from Citizens Bank Park. That's nine and a half worse, by the way, than the Atlanta Braves. So even again, if you move that to five hundred, they're they're better than the Braves. They have a better record than the Atlanta Braves and would be in first place. They would have a better record than St. Louis. They'd have a better record than LA, than Arizona. They'd have one of the better records in, in the National League. And at this point, when you look at what the Phillies have been doing, you got to hope that something clicks for them. Because eight of their last 11 games, eight in a row, are at Atlanta and then at Colorado. Teams vying, currently both division leaders, but vying for playoff spots. So you got to fix this. You got to figure out how to do that. Because after this weekend series in New York, you get nine you get nine straight games against divisional opponents at home. And they need to figure that out. They need to win six of those nine games, I think, before they head out on that road trip. Because if they're lucky to come back four and four from that, then they can have a series against Atlanta to close out the season that probably... It'll, the division might still be up for grabs, but it'll deter, it's going to determine if they make a wild, the wild card or not, unless they don't perform. If they play 500 ball from here on in, and one of those teams I mentioned before decides to turn it on, really if the Brewers turn it or, or continue to, just t- to turn it up or the Cardinals turn it around, the Dodgers continue to turn on the heat, the Phillies are going to find themselves too far out with too many road games to help them get back into the wild card hunt. I mentioned last week to Greg, it feels so much like the 05 and 06 Phillies teams, the ones that had this September feeling to them. And it was the first time as a Phillies fan born in 1990, you had the 93 team obviously make the World Series and lose. But I I, I was a baby. I couldn't remember that sort of stuff. So it was my first feeling of being in a September chase, really being close to it. And this has that same sort of feeling. But like those teams, you knew that there was – a lot they had to do at this point. It's September 4th. We still have plenty of weeks to go that they can start to find themselves turning it around. But at this point, it feels like we might be getting into the 06 team that gets a little too cold and falls out just a bit too much as the last couple weeks fall in. Not like the 05 team that was right into it right at the end of the season. And while I'd love to say that they would be, again, they're only three games out of the wild card. They easily could be doing that. Their road 
woes are so great right now. They either can't hit, their pitching doesn't look good, and they need to figure that out. I can't stress it enough. Eight of their last 11 games, eight games in a row against two current division leaders and teams that are going to be vying for for playoff spots if they haven't already clinched them at that point. That's the best thing that they can hope. But because they have to play Atlanta seven times in their last 11 games and seven of the Braves' last 10, it's just a lot to ask to overcome. And they're going to be right into it. Or they're going to be right in the chase, I mean, at least for the division. For the wild card, we'll see. We'll see if the Brewers, the Cardinals, the Dodgers turn it up a little bit and, and the Phillies get a little bit out of that, and it only becomes the NL the NL East chase. But the National League is so jumbled up, and we got to see them. we got to see what happens because it's going to be a lot of cannibalization, and it's going to be fun to watch. It's going to be a ton of fun to watch. But the Phillies need to figure out their road woes if they want to find themselves playing at the very least in a wild card game, if not the NLDS. But let's move on. I don't have too many stadium snacks for you. Uh, a good one that kind of fits into one of the two bleacher creatures that I had was Friday was Bark in the Park night at the Phillies. We took our dog Luna to the game. While it was raining, our dog still had an awesome time. A uh, ton of dogs there. They had caricatures and stuff like that. If your team has this or you're a Phillies fan and you have not gone to Bark in the Park, you're missing out. It's a ton of fun. Uh, you sit up in the 300 level. So while that's – and it's actually a pretty good view. There aren't terrible views really in any of the seats at Citizens Bank Park. But a little tough with the rain and the wind. But all the different dogs were super nice, and they all love seeing different dogs, meeting new dogs, all that good stuff. But fitting into the stadium stack snack motif rather than just literal bleacher creatures, our dog, we hung out underneath cover as it was just drizzling, but it was so rainy that we wanted to keep everybody dry. And our dog would be very nice and sit for, <laughs> for other people, and they'd all feed her different snacks, crab fries, bits of chicken fingers, a little bit, bit of cheesesteak. So Luna had herself quite the day and was quite tired the next day, the next day from having to stand or sit for a couple hours and, and hang out with other dogs and be so excited. So good on her, and she had an awesome time. And again, if you've never been to a Bark in the Park, you got to check it out. If you are even if you don't even have a dog, great place to meet some dogs, or to see other dogs, I should say. You, they, it does support the, the Philadelphia SPCA and probably your local city's SPCA. So they aren't available for adoption there, but you know, they're probably other you know, there's they'll give you information to adopt dogs. I should probably put it that way. Other blue sugar creature I had, you probably saw this, but Joey Votto, while the Reds were in Pittsburgh over the weekend, he saw a Reds fan in a shirt that said Votto for president. So in an awesome class move, Joey Votto traded a jersey of his to the fan for the shirt and the jersey because Joey Votto is from Canada says right within the one more like prime minister because Canada obviously has a prime minister not a president but then he signed it for him made the Reds fans day uh, and you know this is just what you love to see you see Joey Votto hang out and, and kind of mess around with different fans around the league 
while he's taking batting practice or before the inning starts and they're taking grounders. Uh, there was where he wouldn't throw foul balls to Phillies fans when he was here. So good on him. I mean, he's a ton of fun to watch and we'll see if he can continue with what's been going on with him. And, and if he does get moved, I mean, he obviously has a lot of different contract stuff with, with his, with everything that's going on with him and the reds, but <clears throat> we'll see if, We'll see what happens with him going into the offseason. But you got to mention this because it's definitely an awesome story, and you got to love when fans and, and players get to interact throughout games. But let's uh, let's get to wrapping things up, look at the rest of the schedule throughout the week. I mentioned a couple of these series. Boston and Atlanta. The Red Sox are going for the sweep tomorrow. you got the Cubs wrapping up their series with the Milwaukee Brewers. They are getting special banked right now it's the top of the ninth inning they have a runner on third base but they're down by 10 runs with two outs so it looks like the brewers are going to win that game so they're going to try to avoid the sweep tomorrow you got the oakland athletics and the new york yankees wrapping up their series then going into the weekend you got the arizona atlanta series i mentioned before which two teams vying for playoff spots Arizona hoping to keep themselves in that NL West. Atlanta hoping to keep themselves floating above the Phillies as they travel up to New York. Again, we've talked about the Phillies' woes. So two teams in that NL East chase on the road. In the American League, what you want to look out for, I'm going to go with the Houston-Boston series just because that was such a... that It's a potential ALCS preview. Well, it doesn't have... Serious implications for the postseason. The Red Sox, if the Red Sox can take care of Houston and the Athletics and take care of the Rangers, then you might start seeing a little more of a chase down the stretch for the uh, the division crown itself. But it looks like you know all three of those teams are looking safer and safer into the playoffs. So, but it should be a lot of fun to watch the the Boston and Houston series, and that is actually the Sunday night baseball game and an awesome pitching matchup of Dallas Keuchel versus Rick Porcello. The Cubs visit Washington, and that actually their Sunday afternoon game is going to be on TBS. So you're going to start seeing the TBS coverage getting uh, more and more used as we get closer and closer to the postseason. But that's going to do it. I know it's a shorter podcast. Uh, the solo pods are, are a little tougher to try to get out for the. A fuller experience but let me know what you guys thought in the comments make sure to like share and subscribe to the podcast search the bullpen cart on itunes stitcher wherever you get you get your podcasts make sure to tune in if you are a football fan for the fun v tailgate that we're going to be dropping thursday morning matt and i are going to be recording it wednesday night send us any questions you have it's our 100th episode on the bullpen cart podcast feed we're really excited to record it this obviously was the 99th episode, but I hope you guys enjoyed it. Greg and I will be back next week for a full edition of the bullpen cart, but I am Jordy Cannell. I will talk to you guys next week. Have a great night, everybody. Go Phils!